morning to you on this beautiful Labor Day weekend. I tell you, I tell you, listen, I've been had a word in my spirit all this week, and that word is change. If you listen to my previous podcast, I mentioned some things and maybe a couple of other times. But this morning, when the Holy Spirit gave me that word again, and sometimes that's how God will deal with the, with each and every one of us. You ever had that to happen where sometimes you, you get something in your spirit and you just cannot shake it. Sometimes it may be a song in your head. Sometimes it could be a quote that somebody said. But I want to tell you this morning, sometimes it's a word. And it's just one single word. And that word again kept coming to me this morning, change. There's a lot going on in the earth. There's a lot going on in the land. And there's a lot going on what change is required as your plan. I want to encourage you in your thought process, the importance of change. We're coming into the fall season, which the atmosphere is changing. Oh, I just felt something myself. I know now why God is keep dealing with me on change. And in order to change, I want to give you five things that will assist you with changing. But before I give you those five things, I want to share with you why change is so important. Because in order to change, and I'm talking about a positive change, that means it's going to require two things. Listen to me. It's going to require two things. Deliverance and discipline. None of us could ever change anything in our lives for the better without acknowledging we need some deliverance. Because whatever we're doing that's not positive or that's not right or that's not wholesome or that's not good for us, that means if we've been doing it year after year after year after year after year, listen, it becomes an addiction. And I'm a firm believer that when people hear the word addictions, they immediately think about drugs. But that is so far, far from the truth. Addiction means anything that's not good for you and you need deliverance from it and you're challenged with trying to make that change. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. And when you talk about discipline, discipline is something when you are committed. And if you listen a few podcasts back, I talked about the word commitment. And now, even as I'm speaking with you, freestyling to you, the Holy Spirit is talking to me as well. I couldn't make the connection. And I know sometimes I seem like I'm all over the place in my podcast, but that's because I'm led by the Holy Spirit. And when our Creator gives me some things to say, I just get out there and I just say it. But there's always a meaning to the message. 
The most important thing is that are you mindful to the message, to understand the meaning. That's the time I always say, I pray, ponder, and process. Let me repeat that. Pray, ponder, and process. When you hear information, if it always, I say, upset your apple cart, it upset your spirit to hear. Before you allow your feelings to dictate how you should feel about what you hear, first and foremost, ask yourself, is it the truth? What you heard that you did not like, was it true? And if it's true, then that's the time to pray. And when you pray, ponder, ponder about what you're praying, or maybe you should ponder it first and say, why am I hearing this? Why did that person say that? Or why did I perceive that? Because sometimes people are not talking to us, but we are perceive it as though they are. They're speaking universally, which is what I do on my podcast. I'm never speaking to one person directly unless I'm sharing a testimony of something someone did to me directly. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. Otherwise, I'm never singling out anybody. I'm speaking universally because the Holy Spirit always gives me insight to understand there are thousands of people who fall in the same category. And oftentimes when people hear something, they always think it's just them. But I always say, if you feel it's you, that means it is you. Not because it's you, because somebody see you or even know you, but because you absorbed it in your spirit and it made you feel some type of way. And whenever we hear things and it makes us feel some type of way, it can be talking to a thousand people because there's at least 1,500 people that tune in to WDGS podcast based on my analytics. But this is the thing. Somebody always in the same situation. So when somebody's speaking and you take it personally, that must mean something inside of us needs to work on something personally. I'm just saying. But remember these three tips, whatever you hear, when you filter words that are not targeted at you, but may make may apply to you, ponder those words first and pray and then process. And as you ponder, remember the first question to ask yourself, is it true? And then that then when you ponder that it's true, that what was said about you or what you heard that you thought was about you or what you heard someone say that that made you feel some type of way in your pondering. When you ask yourself the simple question, is it true? And you must be true to yourself once you realize and recognize. Yes, that's me. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to say anything because you're sitting all by yourself. And you're listening to this podcast. And you're all by yourself. 
And when you're listening, as you're riding in your car, you're laying back on your bed, and you got your earplugs in, or you're home alone and you got your speaker on, I'm just saying, hello, (laughs) then ask yourself, is it true? Revisit, rewind, and listen very attentively and say to myself, did what I say, was it the truth? What I heard, was it the truth? And if it is true, then the next thing I need to do is pray and say, okay, God, that didn't sound good concerning me. So now I want to pray about changing me and changing me for the better. Not to pout and get in my feelings and fall out with people by what I heard that was true. Now remember, you can personalize it, but this message is going to thousands of people. So the change is required in all of us. Now let me tell you about change. Everybody needs to change for the better. Everybody in the entire world. That does not mean we're bad people. That does not mean we just cruel people. Change is a requirement from God. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. The purpose from the time we are born, as long as every day we live, change, positive change is a requirement from God. And I tell you why I say that. Because the word of God says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that mean? That means you should always be working on renewing the way you think about things. If you still hear something and you still think that you're supposed to get in your feelings and fall out with people, well then, if you've been doing that year after year after year after year, then that means your mind has not been renewed. Hello? That means you're not following the ordinance and the obedience of God. In our maturity, and I mean in our spiritual maturity, God wants us to ever be changing. He wants us to ever be learning, coming into the knowledge of the truth. And in that truth lies the biggest, biggest thing that we can do to change is be honest. Be honest with ourselves to say, you know what? I'm not the best person that I can be. But you may be asking yourself, but how can I become better? Well, that's what I want to give you. Five things that can help you. Five tools or five tips, if you want to call them, that can assist you with the working on being a better you. Now, first one is first and foremost, and I'm going to share five tips and tools that I practice. So I'm not sharing anything with you that I operate in hypocrisy. Whatever I share with anyone to do, I strive to change to do as well, or I have done. Now, the first thing I did, because in my younger years, I used to tell people I called it my rattlesnake days. And the reason I called it that, because you know a rattlesnake, they just move about and they would attack whatever got in their pathway. You ever met people with spirits like that? 
Well, my mouth became my weapon. And I didn't like it. And I said, God, help me to change. Actually, I was in the property business. And I had a supervisor. She came in on the job. Listen, you got to grab this because we're overcomers by other people's testimonies. And so this young lady, every other property manager, because we was all chronologically older than her, she came straight out of college because her mom owned the company and she was all of our supervisors in our region. And this is the thing. You had a lot of senior managers, meaning in years as well as age, they had an issue with that. But I didn't because I've never been hung up on who can teach me. I always believe when a person shows up in our life, they're coming to teach us something. And the, and the, and the, and the message of, of everything and the meaning is what are you absorbing? Asking yourself, okay, God, you've put a younger supervisor on. What is it coming to teach me? Well, all the other property managers, and I think it was about 25 of us in her under her portfolio, they were all in their feelings. Oh, she's so young. She don't know anything. I've been in this business for 10 years, 15 years, you know, and everybody, was she coming here? She don't know anything. But when I met her, I said to her, I will be a supportive cheerleader. Whatever I can do to assist and whatever you can do to assist. As a team player, and I'm a firm believer in being a team player. And and, and, and she said to me, she said, oh, well, I really appreciate that, Alfreda. And because I knew the other older property managers, see, they were calling me and they were saying all these negative things about this young lady and they had never met her. And so when I when I got to meet her and even before I met her face to face, but she initially came around and was introducing herself to many of the property managers, letting us know that she was new and who she were. And she was the daughter of the owner of the management company. And see me, I'm a firm believer in the Bible. And that's why the Bible is the number one place of instructions to help me change. So I'm going to give you that as number one, the Bible. The Bible helped me change because when I began to study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is the four Gospels in the New Testament, I began to tell myself, first off, I want to change. See, everybody needs a, a motivating reason. Get this now. Everybody needs a motivating reason to want to change for the better. My number one motivating reason was when I die, I want to go to heaven. That became my number one motivating factor. When I die, I want to go to heaven. Everything else in the world I knew was temporary. I knew that living on earth, I could not live here for a thousand years. I could not live here for 500 years. Those people weren't living that long anymore. I wasn't back in the, the B.C. age. They may have lived 900 years, 500 years, but we have to look at reality. And that was the first real reality. We are not going to live forever. 
The second thing I knew in that reality, that means one day I'm going to die. I had to accept that. And I said, God, whenever that day come, I want to go to heaven. So God told me, well, listen, you were raised in the Baptist church under the Bible. You believe in me. And if we are God believers, that's why you will often hear me say as a believer, whatever denomination, are you a believer? And if you believe in God, then that means you want to fall under that leadership of God. Now, the importance of leadership, just like with me in the property business. Listen, you got to grab this. The reason why I humbled myself to Lori, even though she was fresh out of college, because of my biblical instructions. The Bible instructs us to obey those that have rule over you. And what that means when the word obey, that means are you willing to humble yourself and follow instructions? That's all it simply means. We have allowed certain words to distort the way we engage with people, even in our marriages. People think you got to do everything your spouse tell you to do. And wrong answer. Obey simply means you're willing to compromise and 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 submit yourself to instructions and if those instructions are true and honest and just what's the problem with following them because it makes your life better so that's why when lori showed up i knew my relationship with god was for me to show humility and whatever she instruct me to do that was right, I know her mother would not have given her that position if she didn't operate in that character. So anyway, she turned out to be one of the sweetest people that I ever met, I told her since my grandmother. She said, oh, I feel so honored. I said, no, seriously. My grandmother had this tone of voice. That was just so soothing, so meek, and so inviting, and so loving, and so kind. Just her tone. She was never loud. You know, she just always answered. And I used to admire that in my grandmother. So when I met Lori, she was the same way. She just had this sweet, soft voice. And I said to her, and then her mannerism. I said, you, your spirit reminds me so much of my grandmother. And I, and I said, and I want to be just like that when I grow up. <laughs> and we laughed. But I, I, I've tried. But you know, once I start ministering and I get into the mode of the Holy Spirit speaking through me, then my tone always changes. Now, when I'm talking one-on-one at home, you know, it, it tones it tones down differently. And I can't, I'm, I can't figure it out. Listen, I've tried. And I've tried to start out even in speaking, you know, real soft, monotone. But somehow, as my heart starts flowing from the scriptures, it starts changing on its own. So that's why we can't always judge people by their tone. And I had to learn that for myself. Because even sometimes people who tone is not always 
mild and meek doesn't mean they don't have a big, beautiful heart. But but what more importantly, God start teaching me through the Holy Spirit is not so much as your tone, but it's the words that you use. What words are you using? Are you using words for reproof, rebuke, and correction? And when you're operating in that truth to form, this is where the first internal change will begin to take place. Whenever we're saying what we're saying, are we saying it in the spirit of truth? Are we saying it in the spirit of love? Sometimes you say things to your children, little children, that you know you may shout at them and say, don't you run across that street, wait. But you're saying it even in love, even though you're shouting, because you're saying something for them to stop and change, for them to stop and be safe, for them to stop and pay attention. Sometimes we may have to execute words out of our mouth for a person to stop and pay attention. That's back to pondering, praying, and processing. Now, this is the thing. The number one change that began to really resonate for me was to begin to follow after the pattern of Christ. And in order to do that, I had to study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I had to begin to become a word person. When the Bible says in Jesus' first sermon, bless are the peacemakers, When Jesus began to execute his first sermon on the mount, he gave biblical instructions on how to be blessed. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he passed out 11 blessings. It might be nine. But but check it out. It's in the book of Matthew. And he began to give instructions on our conduct and character and tell us how we can generate blessings. And then it goes on between Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And throughout the Bible, I began to grab a hold of positive scriptures that can change me in a positive way. So that's the number one. Find you a coach, either a human coach or a book coach, because you can read things that can coach you. You can call and talk to people that can coach you. But everybody needs coaching. Trust me, even the gurus of coaching needs coaching. Why am I saying that? Because everybody show up in our life is coming to teach us something. And instead of always rejecting teaching, embrace teaching. Because the Bible says, That in all of our getting, get understanding. But the Bible also says we are forever learning. So what that means, that means somebody is forever teaching us. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed it. If your head ever gets so swelled to the point you think nobody can't teach you, I can tell you positive change will be stuck inside of you. You won't be able to birth it out. And that's what's going on with a lot of people. They can't be reborn again because they don't want a birth, a rebirth of themselves. 
They want to stay stuck and stagnated in their old ways. And listen, sometimes you get frustrated even with yourself and definitely with other people when you're changing and they're still standing still. Sometimes, and this is number two, the first one is the Bible. The second one is sometimes you got to change your circle. You've heard me say this if you're a regular podcast follower. Sometimes you just really have to change your circle. And in order to do that, sometimes you got to be able to humble yourself and change your environment. I'm just saying. I had to do the same thing. I was bound and determined in a major change in my life, in my health, that no matter what, I want to go to heaven. And I think when a person is dealing with their health and health issues, that ought to make you say, oh, I know at any time my health can turn to the worst. So I want to do everything I can to be prepared if it gets to the worst of the worst to go to heaven. So what I decided to do, I said, if my my biggest sin, I will I will openly confess, my biggest sin was if I'm not married, I felt I had to have a man in my life. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I needed that companionship. I believed I did. I needed that support. But God had to take me through what I call my wilderness journey. And in my wilderness journey, God told me, the only man you need is me. Because if you want to go to heaven, listen, y'all got to grab this. He said, if you're committing fundication, because I wasn't planning on, you know, committing adultery with somebody, husband. But I wanted my own boyfriend. And I had been divorced twice. And I just did not want to be alone. So I was just stuck on, I got a date and get married. I got a date and get married. And God said, well, see, you've done, you've done that for years. You got married at 25. And you got your last divorce at 52. Now, listen, you spent most of your years tied up with husbands. And you got to look at your relationship with those husbands who you didn't love and they didn't love you because neither one of you knew how. So God said, now you want to rush into getting married again and you got to learn how to love. So God took me through like a, a wilderness slash cabalical. And he said, I got to teach you how to love. And if I don't teach you how to love, Alfreda, then you can get married again and you'll be divorced again because you haven't figured out the change you need to make. And the first change is you need to learn how to love if you want a husband. Hello, I'm just saying. So he says, so I need you to focus on me and me only. Pay attention. I said, but God, if I don't have somebody to help me, I'm going to be homeless. I mean, I'm not, I don't have any income right now. I need a husband to support me. And all this drama that I was giving God and these tears. And, and I said, and I got to go all these years by myself. And God said, but listen, if you want to change, this is number three. You got to be disciplined. You got to now discipline yourself. And whatever you get ready to go through, oh, God, help me today. God said, I will be with you. If you're changing for me and you're changing for the better, 
I will be with you. He said, I will not leave you. Listen, I'm telling you, God spoke this in my spirit just as clear as I'm talking to you. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you and I will not have you begging for bread. I said, okay, God. He said, but you got to trust me and stop trusting in your headspace of knowledge. Because, you know, sometimes we get the big head and we want to trust what we think we've learned until God comes along and, 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 and teach us a whole new way that is so profound. I was like, wow, it's been this easy. I wish I would have did this a long time ago. See, we can always think something is more hard and challenging until we become disciplined and trying and changing. So remember that. The Bible first. Secondly, your circle. And thirdly, your choice of what you choose to structure and discipline. And see, in order to be structured for discipline, then we go into number four. You must make choices. You will always need to make choices. But it's the type of choices that we choose to make. We make choices every day. But are you going to choose to practice? That's how you get discipline. You must first decide, I'm going to discipline myself. And I'm going to no longer hang up on people that I'm used to hanging up on. I'm going to choose to execute patience. I'm going to no longer run away from things that I hear that don't make me feel good. I'm going to make a conscious choice to address things I don't understand. I'm not going to no longer choose to take every little thing I hear and make it so personal that I push myself to a place of darkness. Because you can do that. You can damage your own life by pushing yourself away from good people. Listen to me. I kid you not. And that's what the enemy wants. See, the enemy never wants us to get understanding. He never wants us to talk things out and figure things out because it'll make us better. And anything that the enemy can do in our lives that can take us to hell. Hello? That's his job. But see, God's job, as I've already said, is for us to do things to get to heaven. And then we get to number five. Now, when you consulted, let me run back through number one because I'm freestyling. When you consulted to have the mind of Christ, that's number one. You'll start executing Bible instructions. Number two is when... um. You, 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 you get the right circle. You got to get around people that's going to promote the best out of you. And sitting around talking to busybody, naysaying, gossiping people, that's going to always push you back into that dark place. Or push you to that place to always fall out with people that you know are good people. You want to reconsider your circle. And sometimes, I listen, I had to strike out of my own and trust God all the way. 
I didn't even have a place to stay. I'm just saying. But I had to trust God. Because I was determined. I I didn't want to be in that circle of people anymore. And then number three. You got to make constructive choices. You got to make constructive choices. No, I said discipline. Constructive discipline. And when you construct yourself to say, you know what? Discipline. Discipline means this. That every day I'm going to wash my face when I wake up. Every day I'm going to brush my teeth. That takes discipline. Because some people don't do that. I'm just saying, hello? Discipline meaning you have made a decision that you're going to stick with something to benefit your life. Number four was choices. When you brush your teeth and wash your face, that's a choice. Some people can get up and go to work, go to school, whatever, and they may choose not to do that. So you must decide your choices. Nobody else can decide what you're going to choose. Are you going to choose to stay connected with people that can assist you with your positive change? Or are you going to reject them? And not even change because you've been doing that for years, for years, for years. You hear something, you don't like it, you fall out with folks. And number five. Number five is structure a schedule. No one should live haphazardly. We all live by the schedule of the world. If you ever Google search the world clock, I want to suggest that's what you do. Google search the world clock. And when you look at the world clock, listen to me, it's going to amaze you. It's going to show you how many people die and it's going to keep a count per second. Not per day, per second. The clock is steady ticking. It's going to show you how many people born It's going to show you how many people click on Google. I'm just saying. How many people playing games. This is how the world is. And we are a part on this earth. We need a schedule. I live my life on schedule. But I ask God to order my steps. Because in order to live on schedule, you can't be lazy. That means you're going to make a conscious choice to do the things that you have orchestrated and planned to do. Now, the big clincher out of all five of those suggestions requires a plan. And when your life is operated by a plan, you'll begin to cultivate your purpose. I'm working on a project, my purpose and plan project. I started a purpose and plan class three years ago. And I've been pondering to God why he haven't positioned me to keep promoting that class annually as he had given instructions. But God said he was redirecting my steps. So I'm still working. I'm still doing the purpose and plan in my own life personally. But I'm also structuring it in a way that it can be available to anybody. And that's what God said. You had an average of 20 people in your class. But I want you to take this formula and I want you to promote it 
And so that's why I've been quiet. I've been processing and praying and positioning myself as I ponder what I want to do to stay on schedule. If you operate in those five suggestions for change, trust me, for the better, your life would not always be five steps forward and ten steps backwards. Or one minute you're broke and the next minute you're plentiful. It's like you live your life off feast and famine. You never have any consistency that things just keep going better and better and stay better. It takes change. If you're finding your life always in an up and down battle, that means change needs to begin to take place. And remember, change never stops because we're forever learning. And in our forever learning, we should always want to work on learning how to be the best we can be to make it to heaven. And we should always incorporate that teaching to others as acts of kindness. To our children, anybody that's raising children, you definitely want to interject in their lives the importance of change. Sometimes we can't always reach people where change needs to take place. And oftentimes we'll drop the ball with our loved ones if we're not paying attention to our own lives. I thank God I recently, this the beginning of this year, my auntie, which was my only sister in relationship. Let me say what that means. That means I have biological sisters, but we never had a sister relationship. So in my life journey, I only had one sister relationship raised in the house with and got to understand what it means to have a sister. Some of us never experienced that. And then my best friend recently lost her only sister. So if you never had a sister that you bond with, nobody can understand what that bond means. I have two daughters and they're sisters to each other. And they have this incredible bond. And I often say it to people, and they think I'm, I'm, I'm being funny. But I said they have a bond so strong that if they had to make a choice, I know, I know one of them would, to run and help me or that sister. I said she probably go help her sister before she run and help mother because she know mother ain't be okay. But one thing about my daughter, Christina and Crystal is their name. They have this incredible, I mean, they knew each other's secrets and dark past and bright past. And they just, for years, I mean, from growing up. And if you never had that type of bond with the individual, some people, they bond with a friend like that. That's why the Bible says sometimes a friend could be closer than a brother. So you got people like me and my best friend. We've been best friends for almost 50 years. 
And and when you bond with somebody like that, it's such a meaningful relationship. And let me tell you why. Because those are the people, no matter right or wrong, what you do and what you say, guess what? They'll still love you. That's why those type of bonds are so dear to people that other people can't understand. That no matter what, when it came to me and Eileen, no matter what she heard people say about me, no matter what I said to her, because remember, she grew up with me. So she knew my big mouth and everything else. And she knew when I when I used my mouth as a weapon. But you know what? She never stopped showing me love. And when you have those type of bonds, people don't understand. If they're no longer here, it has something, it touches your heart. Because you know everybody else don't know you like that to give you that genuine connection. And no matter what come, no matter what's heard, no matter what's said, they're going to still love you and support you anyway. It's rare. But when you have people in your circle like that, it's always good to never fall out. You may have your disconnect seasons, because me and Eileen went through it, but you never fall out. You're never not there if they call you. You're never not there if they need you. Even if what you can't do for them, you will let them know that. I'm, I'm sorry you need me, but I can't help you at this time. I can show you maybe another way, but I'm not able. But you don't run away from people that you love. You, you deal with whatever it takes when you change. So in the last three years before she transitioned, I'm going to say this and put a pen in the podcast. You know the beauty in my heart was because we discovered a lot of things about ourselves. We talked a lot. We rekindled childhood memories. But there were some things that I never would have imagined if anybody else had told me that she acknowledged that she desired to change. And I thought it was always there. I always thought, I said, I got the nicest auntie I mean, anything she could do to help support. But there was a lot of things I didn't realize. What she shared with me, she said, you know, I've held unforgiveness and I need to change. And I was just shocked. And she said, how do you know the Bible like you know it? Because she was a part of both my classes, my purpose and plan class, as well as my uh, the beginning of the year, I do a class. It's called, and all everything is free on Zoom. Is uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the having the mind of Christ. She participated in those classes, and she said for the first time she prayed openly for other people. And I was just shocked because the same grandmother raised us. The same grandmother made us steady. Our Sunday school lesson, the same grandmother took all of us, both of us to church every Sunday. And even when it wasn't church, we had to go to Sunday school, BTU and all these things. So all my life, I was thinking 
See, this is why I'm saying this. All my life, I was thinking that she was just as adamant in the scripture and the Bible as I was. Because the same person raised both of us the same way. Until she enlightened me. That she had a desire to change. And at that time, she was in her 60s. She was like 63, actually. And I was just wowed. Like all these years, and everybody can say she was nice because she executed niceness. But that's when I got an eye opener. People can talk nice, sound nice, and execute and conduct kindness. But inwardly, they could be harboring and holding unforgiveness. Inwardly, they can be harboring and holding unforgiveness. So I shared to her because she asked me, how can you forgive people and let it go? So you've been wearing a mask for many years because she brought out some stuff that she had in her heart from when we were kids concerning me. (laughs) And I said, oh my God. You know, I never knew that because she never showed that. And see, this is the thing when I tell people God looks at the heart. So no matter how much kindness she executed, no matter how much she was always there, but unless she got that unforgiveness out of her heart, because that's what God looks at. We can't make it to heaven with unforgiving hearts. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. And it was concerning her birthday. And she said it was my birthday. And when I started opening the gifts, I'm going to give you the testimony. She said, you started crying because you wanted to open some presents. Well, I said to her, but anyway, let me finish because I will break my testimony. And she said, so everybody stopped and gave you attention. And I remember they got in their cars and they went downtown to Bill's to buy you something. I said, Really? Because, you know, now, I, I remember the day of her party. But, I, I, you know, some things, God allowed that to be blocked out. I didn't remember nobody making that exception. But I said to her, I said, oh, my God, how selfish. Now, granted, I'm 10 years old and she's 13. But it was still an act. I said, please forgive me. I said, but you know what? Listen to me. So all these years, you've held that? How you felt concerning that? All these years? And, and, and this is the thing I said, but but Eileen, what about the grown-ups? They had the choice to make. They could have said, well, Afrida, just wait till we finish with Eileen party. And, and we'll go and get you something. I said, I, you know, I was the baby in the bunch. So I just like, I thought, hey, you know, give a present. So, you know, who at the time, I didn't think about it. I mean, I just wanted to open a present. But even at that, I told her, yes, it was selfish at 10 years old to not celebrate your birthday with you. I said, but you know what, Eileen? I said, if you think about this at 10 years old, I had never had a birthday celebrated. I said, just think about it. That I remember. 
So I guess I was thinking that I'm not being celebrated on my birthday. And I don't know because we were kids. But all I do know is that I'm so sorry. And I began to cry because we was on the phone. I said, I, I can now imagine how that made you feel. That here's somebody want to interrupt your celebration for your birthday. And although I was 10, it was selfish. And I apologize. So what am I saying? Sometimes we just need to get an understanding. And we move forward from there. Not knowing that God would only give her three more years in my life on earth. But we made a lot of changes. We laughed a lot. We talked a lot. And we learned a lot about each other. Things that we never knew had we not sat down and discussed those things. And I'm so glad that we did. Because I would have been stuck believing she went to heaven if she left here until I start hearing from her that she told me she didn't read the Bible. She never prayed openly. She said, I will read it sometime, my freedom. Listen to me. She said, but I said, but what about all the times we went to church and my grandmother and Ma, we called her Ma, made us study our Sunday school lesson. This is her words. She said, girl, you, I didn't study. I said, Eileen, that means you mean to tell me when we was young, you actually disobeyed Ma and you used to tell me about things I used to do as a kid. That was one of the things was a requirement. We couldn't even go anywhere unless we studied our Sunday school lesson. I said, so I used to, she said, I said, I used to see you sitting there in the room because we shared a room all through our childhood. I saw you sitting there with your Sunday school lesson book. And she said, I know, but I just had it open. But my mind was somewhere else. She said, you actually was studying? I said, every time. I enjoy studying the Sunday school lesson. So here again, I'm in close proximity looking at my sister. Because that's what everybody called her and I'm going to call her. My sister studying Sunday school lesson. You know how many Sundays we had to study growing up? Every Sunday. A lesson in those books for years. And I find out She said she was never studying them. Who would have ever thought? Sometimes we don't know people what I'm saying as well as we think we do. And it takes a bonding to get an understanding. Because if anybody had ever told me that I would have bit my whole paycheck back in the days and lost every penny. And I said, well, what about when you used to go to church? And she said, well, I would go, but I could never remember what the preacher preached about by the time I got out. I said, well, what about when we were kids and we went to church? She said, girl, I used to be back there in the back eating and and, and doodling, and, and I wasn't paying attention. And I would have never known that had she not confessed it. So she said, but now I'm at a place I really want to have 
that relationship with God that you talk about, that I hear you, you know, always talking about. And I said, sure. But see, my grandmother told me at the same time, she said, I want you to yoke with Eileen in the spirit. My grandmother said this. My daughter bought a picture of my grandmother and I hung it in my office and I was sitting there working on a book and I looked at my grandmother's picture and she said, I want you to yoke with Eileen and I want you to teach her, lead her and guide her to God. I promise you, I could hear my grandmother's voice just like you hear in mine. I said, guide her to God. She already know the way to God. But my grandmother's voice kept coming to me instructing me to do this and at first I tried to reject it because I'm thinking it can't be accurate she was always there in church when I was there she had to study the same stuff I mean what do you mean God her to God she was always in church she know her way to God this is what I'm thinking because this is what I thought I saw that's why I said a few podcasts but believe None of what you hear and half of what you see. Because this is what I saw. But the more I begin to execute obeying the voice of God and my grandmother. Because I had to pray and ponder what I heard my grandma speak to me. And I said, and but God, but God pushed me and say, obey. And as I began to do that, I began to realize why I was given those instructions. Because in, 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 in essence, she let me know, nobody else, she let me know that that was her desire to get a better understanding of God. And I said, wow. That's why when I speak to people, I don't just come on my podcast just to consume time or for likes. And, and engagement. I come on here because the Holy Spirit leads me that out of these 1,500 listeners, there's a requirement in somebody's life for change. And they don't know where to start. And they don't know how to start. But begin with those five suggestions. And I'll, 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 I'll drop some of those scriptures in the description box. That we are forever learning. We are. But the scripture goes on and say, not coming into the knowledge of the truth. How can we keep learning and not come into the knowledge of the truth? That's the question I ask God. And he said, unless we change, we won't. We can learn all we want. But if we can learn what was in my first book. You can know as knowledge from all over the world. But if you don't make application, which that's knowing and doing, it's just information in our heads. And so that's how come we don't know we're not coming into the knowledge of the truth. Because the knowledge of the truth is everything we learn. It's a purpose for us to know it and do it. And so when we learn better, it is to do better. And as much as we know better and don't do better, then we're not coming into the knowledge of the truth. And on that note, may the blessings from heaven. 
flow, flow, flow down into your lives. Meet all of your needs, even the things your heart desires. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. Continue to follow me. I thank you. I appreciate you. I do. I humbly appreciate you. And may you allow this message to saturate you. Let it resonate. Download it into your spirit. Upload it to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And until the next podcast episode, have a beautiful, blessed, safe Memorial Weekend. I love you, and I sincerely mean that from my heart. God bless, and bye for now.